2: This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Mejigoria. And today is October 12th, 2017, a historic day, because this is the last day for the 100th anniversary, which is tomorrow, of the 1917 apparitions in Fatima. And of course, I wrote Mejigoria, the fulfillment of all Marian apparitions, because Fatima was a starter on the engine of Medjugorje. Medjugorje is a long-awaited plan for 2,000 years. Big things are going to happen. Enjoy these days. Contemplate these days. We're in exciting moments of change. Our lady confirmed it. She said a turning point. So this engine that was made, by Fatima being the starter of it, it prepped for the past hundred years to do what he's is going to do now. And while in the moment people thought John the Baptist was the thing, many look at Fatima as the thing. And yet Jesus came along and walked the earth. And John the Baptist says, I'm unworthy even to undo his strap from a sandal. And so Fatima has had the emphasis for the last hundred years. But it was all prep time for Medjugorje. Medjugorje is the engine that's cranked up. In the 60s, there was a commercial, and that commercial was very, really, real popular, and it was about a Hemi. A Hemi is an engine that came on the scene. The Chrysler did a real campaign for it, but a hammer, it was a hemispherical shape in the V8 engine. When you refer to a HEMI, it was a very powerful engine. We have things going on right now with Fatima and now Midjigoria, that we're in that stage. We are in exciting moments because God's coming to the rescue. When man degradates the way he is today, he has to have divine intervention, and that's here. This past week, Donald Trump had a meeting. He was in the White House dining room, and he was there with the top military people in the world, of all the armies of the world, not of other nations, but our military. So he was surrounded by that. He's up on the, in front of the media. They're all taking pictures, and he's got the spouses and the military brass there with them, all the top guys representing something really, really big, something very powerful. Something like a hemi. And so he's standing there, and they're taking pictures, and he's looking at the guys on both sides of him and the wives. And Donald Trump says, you guys know what this represents? And the media says, tell us, sir. And Trump says, maybe it's the calm before the storm. Well, naturally, what's the media is going to do when that happens, they became intrigued because he's got all the military brass there, the heads of everything, all the branches of the most powerful group of people that determines things in the world. And so the media says, what's the storm? What What storm? Trump responds, could be the calm before the storm. The media says, what storm? Again, Mr. President. And Trump says, we have the world's great military people in this room. And I can tell you that we're going to have a great evening. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Of course, he was taunting the media in some ways, but then they won't let that stock go away. And then the media responds, What storm, Mr. President? And Trump says, You'll find out. And so we put together that clip so you could hear it. It's a little bit inaudible in the beginning, but you'll understand it.
3: In the White House state dining room, this is the image President Trump summoned reporters to see. The president smiling, surrounded by his top military leaders and their spouses. Then came the unsolicited cryptic comment.
0: You guys know what this represents? Well uh, maybe it's the comedy for the storm. Electric storming could be from the storm. <laughs>
3: What store, we Mr.
0: President? We have the world's great military people here in Missouri. We'll tell you that. And we are doing great. Thank you all for coming.
3: Thank you. What store, Mr. President? we will find out. Hey, that thing got an Emmy? You're about to find out. The comment especially ominous as the United States is engaged in a war of words with North Korea and the president is on the verge of decertifying the nuclear deal with Iran. Was he referring to military action when he said calm before the storm? We're never going to say in advance what the president's going to do. How seriously should the American public or or American adversaries for that matter take these comments is this, I, think it a joke? Can, it I think you can take uh, the president protecting the American people always extremely serious and if he feels that action is necessary he'll take it Mr. President what did you mean by calm before the storm yesterday what did you mean by that
2: you'll find out Yeah, we had fun putting that together. We like doing things like that in the studio. we probably laugh more than you will now. But sometimes it takes humor to put across a point. And while that was very enjoyable to put this together, because I remember this commercial in the 60s, and you would come up beside somebody and say, hey, has that thing got a hemi? You'll find out. It's so nice to have a president that doesn't withhold and restrain himself about every single thing and be so cordial. Some think it's it's not an attribute. I see it as exactly what God has chosen for this time. There's things that's got to be turned upside down. We've got somebody that's going to do that. Why? Because it needs to be that way. How? Our lady said September 2nd, 2011. She told us how and why. Everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. you notice everything that's going against God in respect is being turned upside down? Why? Because it's not glorifying God. Look at the NFL, the National Football League. Teams worth billions of dollars, huge moneymaker, and they start disrespecting the flag. It's a sacrilege. The flag represents the fallen military people who fought for that nation which flag it represents, and they're rebelling against it. There's nothing sanctimonious about what they're doing. There's nothing holy about what they're doing. It's desecration. We've lost sensitivity to desecration, what that means. But not everybody has. And I went on and said, after only the glory of God remains, therefore renounce everything that distances you from my Lord. This is distancing us from something that is reverent. It has something to do with the Lord. Israel was sacred. Jesus walked in the earth, held it in high esteem. And we have the virtues of patriotism, which are Christian. And so, therefore, renounce everything that distances you from the Lord. And people are distancing themselves from the NFL. They're down 40%. It's huge. People are abandoning it because we don't have the stomach for it no more because people are going toward the Lord. They're starting to recognize things. And everything that's not glorifying God will not remain because it's passing and it's falling apart. One of the owners, I think it was the Texas NFL team, the owner said, we will be standing for the national anthem. Then he went down and took a knee with the football players what is that about it's about having no guts it's about not standing up for what's right and because he's afraid he's gonna call racist or something he goes and does that and then he sits there and says now realizing he's losing money not because it's irreverent he says we're all my team's gonna stand now you'll find out what happens because we're being principled now. You're not principled. You're ready to change. Well, I did that, but maybe that was a mistake. Let's change and get all these tickets sold and all the jerseys sold and all the paraphernalia sold. No, we don't ref- we're not forgetting this. It's time for things to be turned upside down. Donald Trump is there to turn some things upside down. He didn't have the military guys there just for a party. He's got plans. And actually the military of the U.S. right now is more powerful than it has ever been in our history of our nation. Why is God allowing that? Because there's got to be a lot of corrections. You get thugs out there like in North Korea. What you're going to see tomorrow is if you had to pinpoint the turning point, you got two of them, 1981, June 24th, and you got October thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Everything now of this message—for much you've been hearing me say this message of September second, two thousand eleven—everything around you is passing, and everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. Why? Because throughout the thirty years I've been with this, thirty-six years of the apparitions, we cycle messages specifically in the period of time that they really, really apply exactly the events that's happening this message means that everything around you is passing you got to be thinking what you're going to do you need to be thinking what he says now's the time of grace now's the time of decisions change the direction of your life you can't sit there and wait for it i've had people tell me what are you going to do when this happens or this happens well i'll deal with it when it comes it's too late what you can do in a day will take you 10 years to do later that's why we started metagenomics. That's why we did the Civil Round. That's why we've done a lot of things. That's why we changed our life here. That's why we live a gray in life. It's from God. And it's from God that Ivan has said there will be physical changes on the earth. And you're seeing it. The NFL is a physical change. That they're doing something that's disrespectful, sinful, actually. And look what's happening. They're being turned upside down. They don't even know. They're scared. Even the head of the president of the NFL Association is now recounting. And yet he was so strong. And the president says one thing, fire these guys. And we have been waiting for somebody to centralize our feelings in our own heart that we could act on that we haven't had up to this point, the turning point. We're in an exciting moment. We had fun, really fun putting this commercial together. But it makes the point strong. You think, oh, well, holiness wouldn't allow something like that. We rejoice in the Joan of Arc's. to save France in battle. War has been part of that. Do you want it? No, we don't. We want peace. But the monument in Washington says the fact that every war is for more perfect peace. Our Lady is here for a perfect peace. Is it going to be pleasant? No. Are we glorifying something bad? No. But one thing we rejoice in, time is up. Everybody that hates God and everybody that loves God is separating. That division is necessary. It's happening. And we see this all over the place. So Our Lady is talking about some of the things that's going to be turned upside down. She said on February 9th, 1984, how many people have followed other beliefs and sects and have abandoned Jesus Christ? So when you abandon Jesus Christ, what are you doing? She continues, they create their own gods. They adore idols. If you're not adoring Jesus, you're adoring something else. It's self, it's NFL, all these things. These people are treated as gods. I knew several years ago, that sports is a God. I pulled my kids out of it. One of the coaches in my high school for my son, Casey, said, this guy's Olympic material because he wanted to go to work. He only did cross-country one year, and he came thirty into the southeast without even practicing. And he said, Mr. Fannie Goria. Yeah? Let me come over and talk to him. We'll sit down and talk to him. He says, I've never seen a kid like this. This kid will go to the Olympics. I said, I'm not going to make that his God because you have to practice 12 hours a day doing that. He said, but you don't understand. I've been coaching 15 years. I haven't seen like I said, you know, you don't understand. I don't want that to be my kid's God. And sports is that. And everything's being turned upside down. Do you know yesterday they announced that the U.S. for the first time in 40 years will not be part of the World Cup series. We didn't make it. We're banned from it. See, that's been turned upside down. Sports is going down the wayside in the way it is. Not that there's something wrong with sports. It's that we made it idol. We made it God. You've abandoned Jesus Christ. They create their own gods. They adore idols. That's sports. That's what's happened. It's too much. I can't believe people spend money flying off for the weekend to go watch football and spend all the money, the hotels, all that kind of stuff, when they could be getting ready for what? For what's coming. Our Lady is showing us what's coming. A physical change. Everything will be turned upside down. Everything that's against God, everything on the left, all these things are starting to deteriorate. It's exciting, and tomorrow is going to be more exciting. August second, 2005, I've come with open arms to take you into my embrace under my mantle. I cannot do this while your heart is filled with false glitter and false idols. NFL, sports, movie stars, electronics, materialism, consumerism, what is your God? Everybody in the world today has a God. Our lady's trying to get you away from that, to come in her embrace, but she can't do it if your heart is filled with these things because it's false idols. June 23rd, 2017, fight against even. This is recent. This is pre-NFL, right when it all started. You think this is a coincidence that she gave this message? Listen to this carefully. And who could have imagined? When they could have said, you guys are going to stand up, because I already have rules to make them stand up to respect the flag. And these employees, they can fire them easily. And the owners didn't do it because they're cowardless. And they go along and they're scared to be called racist or something. Let them call you what they want. You know what's in your heart. Actually, you know racism, when somebody calls you racist, is a judgment on your heart. They don't know what's in your heart. You might be saying a fact that Chicago blacks are killing each other like banjoes. Because they are. And they're wrong for it. They curse themselves. They curse their race up there. That's racist? No. I don't have that in my heart. I pity him. I pray for them. I want all people, every people, to be saved and go to heaven. But see, they're worried about being called that. You can say whatever you want to. And there's many things can be said about the black race right now. And many things says, in favor of the white race. Does that mean you're racist? You don't know what's in my heart. I don't know what's in their heart. It's a sin to call somebody racist because you're making judgment on what they are. And they use this and people are scared of it. Say what you want to say. I stand pure before God on this. And many people do. It's called this. So the owners of the NFL are scared to just stand up and say, you're not going to do this. Oh, you're racist. Say what you want. You're not going to disrespect the flag. They excuse the disrespect for the flag. Because it's more wrong to be labeled as racist. Label what you want to Whatever happened to the biblical saying based in scriptures, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And you can't even say this about abominables. It's hate speech. The Bible teaches you, if you're black, that they didn't even call you the N word. Smile and say, Hey, you know, change your heart. We can't have honest discussion now because we're all politically correct we're called to say truth and be truth and act in truth so the nfl owners could have corrected this and now they're trying to correct it see they don't have any principles we have principles we're not going to go buy the tickets we're not going to go that because you've offended us and we're not coming back to you i heard somebody yesterday saying who's a big wig a clip from him saying that I'm not, my wife and I, we decided we're not going to football. We love NFL. We love the football, but we're never going back. They can change what they want to. It's over. See, that's a principle because they apologize and say, we're not going to do this anymore. Which they have no principles. If they really believe, they just keep doing it. But see, it's about money. It's about idolism. It's about power. It's about God. It's false. Fight against evil and against sin and the idols of today's world which seduce you. No more. We're at the turning point. We're not going to fall for these things. We're not going to follow it. So these physical changes in the world, what does it mean? It means less kids. This is going to be fat. Did you know that obesity is prevalent now in the whole world? It's reported that the entire population of children between 2 and 19 years of age are overweight Obesity continues to climb as it has been since nineteen ninety-nine. They come up with a name for this. BMI, that means body mass index. See, everything's gotta be scientific. We can't just sit there and say you're fat. You know when you look at pictures in books of World War II, at the women had to go work at the factories? They're all slim. Every one of them. What was the difference? What happened? They didn't go to the factory and lost weight. They worked at home. It's called housework, a grand way of life. Physical changes is the cure. But what do we go to? They come up with all these studies. we got to find out. It says, in recent years, public policies have been put into place to reduce risk factors for obesity, such as the elimination of trans fats from certain foods and improvements in school lunch. Wow. When you go to the government as your idol for all your answers, as many do today, that's what you get. We're going to change trans fat. We're going to change the food. We're going to do this. We're going to limit the calories. That's not the answer. If you go to God, physical changes on the earth, just like the women in the factories are slim, is work. Agrarian-based life. You didn't have this when people were working toward the soil. So they said there's got to be more coordination between doctors and the health systems and the communities. We've got to educate people so they won't be obese. This is stupid. And all this is about to be turned upside down. Because Adam was told, by you sweater, your browser you eat. Doesn't mean there won't be professional jobs. Doesn't mean you can't be a doctor. These things are coming. And how do we start off following the messages in 1983? when I learned about it, went there in 1986, got rid of a lot of my equipment, and then God put me through prayer every day, forming this place that we got into a way of life, something I didn't plan. Prayer led Caritas, the community, through me to do what we established. Our life is every day with animals and agrarian, and the kids are active and they're working. They got good work ethics. They don't sleep in. They go to this coup, what they learn in school, they go out and start using the math and how many feet of fence they got to change over for the goats or the sheep or the cattle. they got to use calculations in their work. I'm talking about a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old. They're using mathematics in work. Where is that in the world? Nowhere, except what is still a and the few places exist. And so this is going to be turned upside down because it's wrong. How do you get kids so overweight? Except we have idols. Food is an idol. All these things are happening. How's it going to happen? You'll find out. That's what the 13th of Mar is about. We see, too, that as we go one system, one institution after another, being turned upside down, just like the Red Cross. What is the Red Cross? They're nothing but a bunch of people who are bureaucrats. We put our mission here tiny, a micro, a grain of sand next to the Red Cross, was was Mount Everest in its size, its power, its money. In nine eleven, they collected over a billion dollars. Very few people got it. But I already knew this in my heart before I even knew about the Red Cross. And I say this, meaning that we went down to Bay St. Louis for Hurricane Katrina for six weeks. We blew out the whole county, all the streets. We've got the water back on where they could fix it. They said nobody down there. FEMA, Red Cross, anybody did what we did. See, we didn't do it for money. We did it because nobody could do what we did. We needed a police chief down there. They requested help, and in six weeks, we were the number one operation. Even the National Guard comes in to put a hospital in. They tried to set up for three days. They couldn't deal with the mulch and the sand and the, the dirt base there to put up the temporary hospital. They finally came and heard about us. They come to us. In three hours, we had it ready at the tents start going up because we deal with dirt we deal with the problem we have here in swamp areas we know how to do it our machines are lgp meaning low ground pressure and so they call this and i say this but the red cross was collecting all the money they were doing all this stuff all this about they use these things for making money the red cross is going to come down unglued you watch it these institutions are going to be turned upside down they're going to lose ground because Our Lady is here to do that. And it's exciting. When enough institutions start falling apart, what's going to happen? The last thing that we need to keep continuing is going down. June 24, 624 is when Our Lady appeared in Medjugorje. But in June 24, 1968, what happened? We stopped backing the dollar with silver. What happened on August fifteenth? another Marian Day, 1971, we stopped backing our money, our whole currency system with gold. The money system is going to come down because, well, let me ask you the question. Is the money system that surrounds you, everything around you, is it going to pass or is it glorifying God? Will it remain? You decide, you answer the rhetorical question. Of course you know it's not going to happen. It's not glorifying God. Everything is going to fall apart. We've got these words. Keep saying this to yourself as you drive down the road, as you go to school, and where the school facilities have 1,300 kids in them, or 2,000 kids, and they're proud of these cattle facilities because that's all it is. Coming out with 30, 50, 60 buses, this is nonsense. You need your school in your block neighborhood and a garage of somebody just like what we got here. I've had people, even attorneys and different people come and say, your kids here are some of the wisest kids I've ever met. Their success is everything they can be once they leave 12th grade here, graduate from our Lady's Victory Schoolhouse. Ours is a holy school. Our school is our apprenticeship. They spend as much time out of the classroom as they do inside, putting together what they're learning from first grade all the way to 12th. They already know how to apply it. They don't have to go all the way through first grade, twelfth grade, then go to college for four or five, six years and not know what to do. All they have been is educated. They got a piece of paper saying, I learned all these things. You learn nothing. What can you do out there? You know how to drive a tractor? You know how to work on a tractor? You know how to weld? You know how to lay towel? You know how to cook? You know, what do you learn? Nothing. Don't go to college. Stop at twelfth grade. Change your grammar schools. Get out of these cattle facilities. They're gonna go crashing because they don't work. It's just feeding knowledge of the world. Then they get out and they are trained to be entitled. I got this diploma. I'm worth this. I got a PhD. I can go here. I can go there. And then these same people start teaching the kids the same thing that they don't have nothing. And the production is graduating and make an income from the universities and the school systems and the teachers, and it doesn't result in capability of taking care of oneself, putting a roof over your house, getting your kids raised in a way that they can make it to heaven, to make an, a holy society, a holy family. Do the blessing of work, W R K. Jesus worked. The apostles complained because he was killing and walking so much. Jesus, he was a carpenter. He wasn't a philosopher. He didn't go to the greatest teachers in the days. What they did was do that. He went to the carpenter shop. You got to start thinking. You got to look at what's not glorifying God. Get away from it. If your business is that way, Christianize it. Make it glorify God. I don't care what your position is. I don't care if you're making Ford motor cars and you, you're on the board of directors. You better start Christianizing what you're doing if you want it to be here. And it's got to glorify God. You can't just put a cross on it. Hey, I got a fish on my, my bumper. That don't mean anything. You got to live it. This is the time to live it. Or what you're doing is going to fall apart. The universities will fall apart. Read 30 Years of Apparitions. I wrote about it, 140 colleges that are glorifying the mixings of the genders. And when that sin comes up, it's over. Because man's conscience cannot be corrected without divine intervention. And so the last thing that's going to come up in on part is what holds it together now, is the money system. In 1910, there was a secret meeting in Jekyll Island in Georgia. There was just a very few men there, like six or seven. I don't remember the exact number. But they represented up to one-fourth of the whole world's wealth. Can you imagine that? Just a few guys that did that. They were the world's biggest bankers. You know what they did? They had intentions. Our lady has intentions today. They have their intentions. Whose intentions is going to win? Our lady, you know that. She's going to triumph. She's in battle. She's in war. And you're seeing this before your eyes like the NFL is is a completely identifiable, legitimate idol of our time. The players, their actions, the sport itself has become that. So these intentions of these few guys down there was, one, stop competition from new banks. Two, create a franchise from which they could create money from nothing for the purpose of lending. Three, get control of the reserves of all banks to protect the more reckless ones. Four, pass losses onto the American taxpayer. In 1929, did the banks lose money? Did they go under? No, they closed up because they had already spent the money. They overextended themselves. They overloaned it. And you lost money if you had money in it. I said this before. My grandfather, Papa John, he enjoyed the family. They did the things that they would do. And he would walk the streets of Vinsley, what they call little Italy here in Birmingham, laughing and happy. And he'd see all the other Italians in the porch just gloom faces, depressed, because they lost all their money in the banks. He says, I know what I got with my money. I had happy times. Y'all got nothing. And he was known for that. For it passed losses on to the American taxpayers. So they bailed out in two thousand eight. So the taxpayers paid that. We could afford that. But can you afford the next bailout for the stock markets and the banks? Because now it's going to be your savings, your investments, your money. The banks aren't going to fall. They're going to pay for it. That's why we did the miraculous measure around that you protect your wealth. You cannot protect wealth in the stock market, in your savings, your retirement, only in what is intrinsically valuable. You have to put it away in that. Five, convince Congress that the purpose was to protect the American public. That's why when, when you hear the Federal Reserve, you think, okay, this Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. It's an independent entity created by these guys in 1910 for their own purpose so they can control everything. December 23rd, 1913, the Federal Reserve Act signed into law by President Woodrow Wilson. And he said, when he was on his deathbed, that he. Repented because he knew to the effect, I can't remember his exact words, that he sold out America. Sold it out. And on his deathbed he confessed this was wrong. So we go to 1917. Fatima happens. And now we're here at the fulfillment, which misery is about, that everything that is not from God is going to pass. You better get out of it. You better get your investments out of it. You better get out of the jobs of it. And the better thing to be is not silver, not gold, but in the green life. Because nobody can tax your tomato plant, at least for right now. Nobody can take tax that calf when it's born and you get milk from it. You're bypassing the tax system. That's one of the genius things you can do. You can reduce your income and be making more money by the way you eat and what you propagate through your grainway life and through your soil does not get taxes on it. We are able to live here at Caritas with low stipends because by the sweat of our brow we eat, and we grow wealth from soil. We literally grow things that we can eat that we don't have to have cash for. And so, if they ban cash, we are in position better than silver, better than gold, much better than the banks and the stock markets. So you're warned. I'm telling you, me yourself, because everything around you is passing, and everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. And so we, so that we can end up on a happy note, we're going to play our clip again, just so you can have it, and also drive the point home that put the hymn in your life, which is the messages, put the power in your life, not political correctness, not the world, separate, make decisions today. You get what you can do immediately as a first step. You can't start a grand way of life today. What you can do is take all your investments, your money, and protect your wealth till you can buy your land, buy your cow, or whatever you got to do and join up with other people. This may make you desperate, but we want to drive the point home. So we'll let you listen to this clip again that we put together, and I want to preface it that you understand this was a commercial around the 60s, late 60s, of somebody sitting at a red light, a kid, and this souped-up car comes up beside it, and he's the one that says, hey, is that thing got to hit me? And of course, you hear the other guy respond exactly like Donald Trump. You'll find out.
3: In the White House state dining room, this is the image President Trump summoned reporters to see. The president smiling, surrounded by his top military leaders and their spouses. Then came the unsolicited cryptic comment.
0: You guys know what this represents? Well, yeah. uh, maybe storm. it's the economy for the storming? Storm. could be um, <laughs> from the storm. <laughs> What storm, Mr. President? We have the world's great military people, Mr. So I will tell you that. And uh, we're going Thank you all for coming. Everybody. Thank you.
3: What storm, Mr. President? you will find out.
0: Hey, that thing got an Emmy?
3: You're about to find out. The comment, especially ominous as the United States is engaged in a war of words with North Korea, and the president is on the verge of decertifying the nuclear deal with Iran. Was he referring to military action when he said calm before the storm? We're never going to say in advance what the president's going to do. How seriously should the American public or or American adversaries, for that matter, take these comments I think you can can take uh, the president protecting the American people always extremely serious and if he feels that action is necessary he'll take it Mr. President what did you mean by calm before the storm yesterday what did you mean by that
2: you'll find out And there we are, people. Don't you just love it? Our Lady is here for good things. And it's a joy knowing that we're on the side, not because we're self-righteous, we're sinners, but we acknowledge that sin. We're on the other side, claim to be moral, and they deny sin. That's the difference between us. We rely on our Redeemer. And in this time, we also rely on our Savior, which is our Lady. Jesus redeemed me. Our Lady saved me. And until next time, and looking forward to tomorrow, which we're actually going to be broadcasting a special broadcast tonight and replaying it again tomorrow night. So be sure and tune in that. Call everybody uh, to form this important Fatima broadcast tying in Medjugorje and the engine of Fatima that started Medjugorje that is running at this point as our Hemi. We wish you our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. This ends the Medianomics show with a friend of Metagoria. To order this show on
3: CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.